When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama, what a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. Good Wednesday morning. My name is Chris Plank. We have the Lincoln Riley Show Sooner Sports Talk from Rudy's coming up here in just a bit, but a unique version. Lincoln will not be on the show during bye week, so we'll have a radio roundtable with Toby, Teddy, Gabe, and myself. That's coming up here in just a bit. But you'll still hear from the coach. He met with the media yesterday as well as a handful of players. We'll bring you the Lincoln Riley Zoom session with the media coming up on the tail end of Sooner Sports Talk. So let's get after it. Toby and Ted from Rudy's, Gabe and myself from the Sooner Vision Studios as we talk OU football here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. It's time for Sooner Sports Talk. On the Sooner Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, live at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, this is Sooner Sports Talk, presented by AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Also brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Bud Light, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Homeland, proud sponsor of Sooner Football. And by Moody's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in barbecue. This is Sooner Sports Talk. Now, here are your hosts, Teddy Lehman and the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. 
Hi, everybody, and welcome to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue on a Tuesday night. It is time for Sooner Sports Talk, the Lincoln Riley Show, brought to you by AT&T. Toby Rowland with you alongside my radio partner, partner the Butkus and Bednarik Award winner. Can't get it out. Teddy Lehman. How are we doing, T-Row? I'm still doing good. How Fantastic. are you doing? Are you still doing good? I'm doing great. Special treat for you tonight. It is the bye week, folks. Coach Riley has some other obligations tonight. So we are taking this opportunity to have what we're calling a radio roundtable, and we get to welcome in our other partners on the Sooner Radio broadcast, sideline reporter Chris Plank and our sideline analyst, the Warfel Trophy winner, Gabe Eichert, alongside tonight as well. Gentlemen, how we doing? Triple box. Wait, hold well, on. Well, the thing is, a little, little TV magic is going on because while you guys are in the same room, Plank and I are literally right next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> but we're in two different boxes. We're in like different directions to figure out which way to look. Nice. So, now we're pumped to be here tonight. Like, see, and even if I point, I go, this, anyway, we're pumped to be here tonight, Toby. Obviously, we got a lot to recap. We're listening to the end of the huddle. I appreciated how quickly you got through those picks after both of your performances last week. Oh, but wow. Not good. Not, not good. good. Not we got good. a lot to talk about over the next hour. Yeah, not good at all. However, if you guys will tell me, honestly, you picked Louisiana, Arkansas State, and Coastal Carolina. And we'll give you some kudos. Blank? I think Coastal Carolina. Okay. I did. Fair enough. That was probably one we should have all but seen. But that was it. <laughs> Opening segment presented by Noble McIntyre. McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all your personal injury needs. Sooners roll 48 nothing. It was a shutout, fellas, on Saturday night over Missouri State on Owen Field. Gabe Eichert, what was your biggest takeaway? Missouri State's not a very good football team. No, <laughs> I, I, I thought it was great seeing the young talent out there clearly Spencer Rattler we'd heard for so long just how good he was and man does he look the part just looks effortless coming out of his hand and then a couple of the young skill players I always have my eyes on offense guys I don't care about defense I'm sorry Teddy but <laughs> you look at Seth McGowan and Marvin Mims and those two guys really stood out to me they've got some guys that are going to be absolute stars on that side of the football, and I can't wait to say how, see how they improve this year. Chris Plank, same to you. What was your takeaway Saturday night? Okay, you had a kicker that hadn't kicked in a game in, what, like a 1,000 days or something along those lines that was perfect and was named the Big 12 Specialist of the Week. Well, that was amazing. I am going to go on the defensive side of the football. For a year, you know, and listening to Teddy talk, Brian Asamoah is a guy that he has brought up just from, what, Ted, an ability, a physicality perspective. And the challenge was consistency. And listen, I know it's one game, but what, 40-odd plays for Missouri State, maybe he was in on 20 of them, and he ends up leading the team in tackles, looked the part, and maybe I'm being a little bit homeristic here, guys, because he gave such a great interview in the post game. But, you know, that inside backer room, it's time to start realizing what Brian Odom is doing and how good of a coach he is. It was odd because he was up in the booth and he was down on the field last year, so he's going to be upstairs this year. Uh, and, and maybe there's not a single person who can test to it more than Teddy Lehman. I just think the job that he has done in bringing in guys, uh, we can't wait to see Shane Witter hopefully here soon. But then Teddy and also developing them. In the, in the course of the time that he has with him. It's been really impressive to watch Brian Asamoa, David Aguebu, Brian Mead was good out there on Saturday night. So that inside backer, Deshaun White led the team in sacks with a sack and a half. So I, I was really impressed with the linebackers on Saturday. I couldn't agree more. Uh, they've been fantastic. You know, this is a position group that it wasn't very long ago, guys, that we were looking at it and we were incredibly thin. 
and uh, worried about getting top play, you know, really at, just on your one deep and in, in really even at one position. And now all of a sudden, I, I feel very confident in their two deep and uh, would even feel fine if guys in their three deep had to step in. And that's that's happened incredibly quick. Uh, the knowledge uh, of that 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 entire room, the base level from last year to where they are right now has increased so much. And even with an offseason that was not uh, what you'd prefer, having no spring ball and no summer. So I agree 100 uh, percent. A lot of credit goes to those coaches there on the def defensive end. We're way deeper, not just at inside backer, defensive line, secondary. We're deeper at every position group. Get your officially licensed Sooner gear at Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods re retailer of Oklahoma Athletics. We are not completely without Lincoln Riley tonight. He did have a media availability earlier today. And we're going to play some sound bites from that for you as the show goes along and react to those. This first one, he's talking about personnel, which was tricky all week. We didn't know who was going to play, who wasn't going to play, who's backing up who at what position. Here's Lincoln earlier today. Hey, Lincoln, uh, just wondering, how tough is it for players, you know, many of you probably feel healthy, to watch a game from home and not be with their teammates? And then also, what's the process like in getting them back into playing shape after missing some time on, on the field? Yeah, I mean, I would imagine it's very difficult. Um, hadn't had a chance to talk to all of our guys um, since the game. But, yeah, no, it's. I think it's, I think it's really difficult, you know, whether you're, you know, missing it because of an injury or because you – you know, because you have the virus, and and yeah, I mean, I think the contact guys certainly feel that 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 pain too. So everybody's worked hard to get to that point to not be able to play in a game is is a devastating thing, especially. I mean, always is, but especially in a season like this where you've got a limited number of games. Um, yeah, process wise, I mean, everybody's different. Uh, there's you know the first part of it is is without a doubt the the medical clearance side, and and we've been you know very proactive and and. Um, aggressive medically as far as you know making sure everything is you know 1000 percent clear before we have them do anything from a physical standpoint um luckily for us the majority of our guys have been able to come back and uh you know bounce back pretty quickly we haven't had many issues uh at all uh after the fact whether it was a, a person with covid or a um or somebody as a, in the uh as, as they got knocked as a contact trace uh so uh, we've been very fortunate and, and thankful for that. Yeah, Lincoln, as you go into the uh, second game preparation, how much different is game prep as it relates to opponents this year versus in the past because of the number of players who can rotate in and out, the, the depth that you've got to account for, things like that? Yeah, you know, it's 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 probably personnel-wise going to be more of a guessing game all year. I mean, on one hand, there's maybe more players available, although I, I don't know. I, I think in the past, especially last year with this four-game, less oh, we had less two years with this four-game redshirt rule. I, I mean, if if somebody's got a guy that can help them win a game, they're probably going to play them. Um, so, I, I think the bigger challenge is you're studying people from a personnel standpoint. Is you know who's going to be out on the field. You know, and then when that Saturday comes around, and then that's going to be the same challenge as people study you too. You just there's no telling. I mean, you may see this person, you may not see this person, you may be you see a player at a different position. I mean, there's just there's going to be a lot of guessing games from a, a personnel standpoint. So you know, that's uh, you know, it, it forces both teams to to get ready for a lot. Gabe Eichert, coaching football is hard, especially at the highest level this year. 
I can't imagine all the scenarios that these coaches are going through trying to get ready to play a game. Yeah, and uh, I mean, these guys are earning their paychecks this year. What, football coach, counselor, infectious disease expert. <laughs> I mean, th the things that these guys are having to do, it, it really is challenging. But what was really interesting about what Lincoln said was from a game planning perspective. And that, that's something a lot of people may not realize is you construct your game plan, especially offensively, around the guys you know you want to attack on the opposing defense. And no one does that better than Lincoln Riley, using a defense's strengths against them and then going after their weak links. And if you design an entire game plan and all of a sudden you look out there and you're like, well, where's that guy? I mean, th these things are going to happen. Now you would assume that the backup's gonna be worse, but that could throw your game plan off just slightly and make you readjust to things in the middle of the game. And that's not always easy. So not only are they dealing with all these issues off the field, on the field, the protocols, the testing, they're also trying to game plan with a lot of mystery surrounding the opponent. Yeah, and uh, I think one of the interesting things about that is, you know, trying to game plan for the opponent, yes, but even for yourself, yeah. I mean, like just speaking to Gabe, you know, a lot of times offensive lines, if their right guard and their right tackle are really good and they get a ton of movement, I mean, that's how we're going to use our running game. Well, all of a sudden, you know, Saturday rolls around and you got a positive test and, you know, one or both of those guys are out. And now all of a sudden the left side of your offensive line is better and that's where you prefer to run. You've got to change a lot of things. So uh, there's a lot cooked in personnel-wise. But I think at this point, <laughs> I think the coaches don't care who's out there as long as each team can fill the 11 guys are going to play some football. Sooner fans, come visit the best place to gear up on your favorite OU products. The Sooner Shop is the official fan shop of OU Athletics. Located on the west side of Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. Open Tuesday to Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Curbside pickup also available on the Sooner Sports To Go app. Let's take an opening timeout. When we come back, we'll start talking a little personnel and we'll hear more from Lincoln Riley. You're watching Sooner Sports Talk, brought to you by AT&T. Sooner Sports Talk is presented by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Kincaid Coach, the official motor coach carrier of Sooner Athletics. Anheuser-Busch, whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Academy Sports and Outdoors, the preferred sporting goods retailer of Sooner Sports. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. Riverwind, still the one. Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Welcome back to Sooner Sports Talk, everybody. Brought to you by AT&T. We got a radio roundtable going tonight with Teddy Lehman, Gabe Eichert, and Chris Plank. And our uh, Academy Sports and Outdoors inbox is up and running. If you'd like to fire a question at us tonight, you can tweet us at OU on the air. I got a good one that has come in uh, from Will Melton. And this is for you, Gabe Eichert. And then Chris Plank, I got a follow-up for you. It is our Rudy's Anywhere winner tonight. 
Will Melton, you are getting a $50 gift card to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Nice. Gabe Eichert, $50? You, Let's 50 go. Gabe Eichert, would you rather block for a hard runner or a methodical runner? What does that even mean? Well, I think <laughs> I think Kennedy Brooks okay. was methodical. methodical. No, I would no. say Seth McGowan is uh, uh, explosive and a hard runner. Yeah, I would go with uh, give me the decisive guy. Uh, give me a guy that doesn't spend a lot of time feeling it out back there. See the hole, hit the hole, let's go. I think the now there is a time for patience in the backfield. There's no doubt you want to set up your blocks. You want things to develop in front of you. But nothing makes me more upset than a guy that just waits and waits and waits and waits until making a cut, getting north and south and getting some yards. So every offensive line wants a decisive guy. Now, there are some really great methodical runners out there. Le'Veon Bell is probably the most famous with that style, but you have to have certain run schemes to do those things as well. So, yeah, give me the decisive guy. Give me the guy that runs hard all, right. all the time. I would say Seth McGowan, Chris Plank, fit into that category on Saturday night. What was your takeaway of uh, number one? Uh, as advertised, and in everything you hear about Seth McGowan, it's, hey, when he gets on the field, you're going to see it. You're going you're gonna to notice it. He's just – he's special. How about that? The seventh sooner where his first carry was a touchdown. First time it's happened since – since – the great Jackson Yules, who scored a uh, touchdown on his first carry. 44 quite, boards. Quite the woodworker. But I, I liked everything about him. And, you know, Teddy, Gabe, we, we spend a lot of time through podcasts, or Gabe, you and I on Big 12 today are, are listening to your podcast, and Toby and I in, in talking about what lineups might look like and talking about depth charts. And it always seemed when we would start talking about running back Gabe, it always came back to this guy. So I was, I was blown away with being able to see him in person, and he's just going to get bigger and stronger as his career continues. That, that's the scary part, is this guy is just scratching the surface. Hey, he is going to be an absolute monster. Just, just think, goes. once he adds size, once he adds strength, you combine it with this attitude that he runs with, and not to mention his ability to catch the ball out in space. I think that's what he brings some serious value to this football team this year as a running back, of course, but also as a pass catcher out of the backfield really adds another dimension to Lincoln Riley's offense. It's going to be scary, guys. Toby, I kept thinking of the name Rodney Anderson whenever I was watching him play. And uh, obviously, Rodney's, uh, Rodney's pipes, he's got the, 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 the muscles a little bit more than McGowan does. For now. For now. For now. But just in his versatility, that's what he reminded me of. I agree with you guys. One of the things that, you know, I, I kind of want to wait and watch is, you know, and, and Gabe mentioned it with the passing game stuff. You know, we saw it a ton with Joe Mixon. Uh, and we, we saw Seth McGowan catch that swing pass, yep. you know. And that's just – I wouldn't really consider that getting someone involved in the passing game. Whenever I say getting someone involved, that's like splitting them out, having them in the route progression, uh, you know, building more stuff into the game plan instead of a one-off play. And I think there's a chance we could see that with Seth McGowan. If he keeps making plays – in the passing game, we're going to see that added and added and added. And one of the things is, you know, if, if you go back and remember Joe Mixon whenever he was at OU, Lincoln Riley started him anytime he was on the field. It was about 80% of the time he would start the formation in empty. 
and then motion Joe back into the backfield and either run it or pass it from there. But also a, a decent amount of the time they'd stay in empty and Joe would be a part of the, the route progression downfield. Now, uh, that opens up a whole nother playbook for Lincoln Riley, and that may some, be something that we see him venture on with with uh, Seth McGowan as well. Whenever there's a Sooners game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. Please drink responsibly. Earlier today, Lincoln Riley talked about his quarterback. Here's what he had to say about Spencer Rattler's opening performance. Uh, the throws that that uh, Spencer made the one to Jeremiah early on in the first drive and then the uh, the one to Theo Weiss on the sideline. Uh, those are not normal throws. I'm guessing a lot of quarterbacks that you've had in the past can probably try to make those throws. But is that unique arm talent? Is that unique to Spencer? Uh, you know, he does have a very talented arm, you know, no question. Um, and certainly don't want to take anything away from those throws. I thought the, you know, the one to Jeremiah, was a, there was a lot of, you know, feel on it, you know, and, and a lot of trust because Jeremiah had to really come back to that ball and Spencer did a good job putting it where only our guy could get it. So it was a, you know, really great placement and, and a lot of trust and a heck of a play by Jeremiah to come get it. Um, but I would say, I mean, we're, we're, we're lucky right now to have a roster of quarterbacks that got some pretty big arm talent. I mean, you look at some of the throws that, that Tanner made, you look at some of the throws, even Chandler's first throw, um, you know, those are those are those are big boy throws. So Spencer certainly a very talented thrower, no question, and not take anything away from him. But I, I, those are throws that I would expect every guy in our room to make. Spencer. Yeah, like a lot of our guys, I mean, there was there was more good than bad. Um, there was a lot of little things, you know, probably a lot of things that the you know the casual fan's eye is not going to see that that he's got to do better. You know, he, um, you know, the, the the positives, you know, threw the ball well. Like I said, took care of the ball. Um, I thought decision making overall was pretty good, but there was several several fundamental things, uh, just several little things as far as you know footwork on some plays, uh, just. Um, Getting us in and out of the the correct play a couple times. Just just had a few miscues that, that he's got to get better at. So um, and as you go further and further and continue to play different schemes and, and different types of competition, you know those things will show up more and more. So gotta gotta have a great week. It's a it's an important week for us. Um, there's gonna be. You know, the guys that did play in the game, it'll be important to, you know, for them to take that next step and improve because there's so much on tape that we have to get better at and are going to need to going into conference play. And then and then the guys that were fortunate enough to get back, uh, you know, we got to get those guys back up to speed and ready to go as well. So it's, it's going to be important for every single person on our roster. I love it. 14 for 17, 294 touchdowns, no interceptions, two dropped touchdowns in the end zone you know there was more good than bad probably a little bit Chris are we're numb to how good the quarterback play has been at Oklahoma in recent years what was your impression of Spencer Rattler uh, as advertised and you know as, as Lincoln Riley brought up you know as, as we know from you know, talking to these coaches on coaches corner on Thursdays that you know, they, there's always a, a place where you can get better. There's always improvement to be made. And I think you hit on that. And two of his best throws might have been the drops, right? The throw to Charleston Rambo, that has some touch on it in the end zone. That just went through his hands. And the bullet to, what are we going with? Uh, Stock, Stocknowski? Stockowski. Stockowski. Sorry, Teddy. I'll get Stop your name. right, Teddy yeah. Lehman. <laughs> Teddy Lehman's got that one. Uh, but, I mean, the numbers tell the story, right? And then the depth of, of different receivers that he threw to. And I 
I, I liked what Lincoln talked about getting in and out of place because, Gabe, I was watching America's team, the Las Vegas Raiders, play wow. this weekend. And Rich Gannon was talking about Derek Carr understanding the why of, of what John Gruden is calling, why he's calling this in certain situations. And I'm curious if that's something that will take time or if that's something that maybe they, they kind of have because he's been in that room, the why Lincoln Riley calls certain plays in certain instances in certain settings. And, and also, you got to remember how – check with me oriented right. Lincoln Riley's offense is if they don't get the look they want they want to get to a different play now you heard Lincoln talk about that there's a couple instances where Spencer Rattler maybe loses focus a little bit doesn't get them in the proper play or get them in the proper route combination that Lincoln Riley wants them in that's the next step and that's going to come with more game reps you can simulate it in practice all you want but it is completely different <laughs> underneath the bright lights and when you look at how Rattler played you'll take it right <laughs> you'll take it but clearly there's improvement to be made there's always improvement to be made I hope it's this small of improvement every time, though, because he played pretty dang good. He did. He did. Whether you're home gating or tailgating for the OU game, make a winning play with Tostitos chips. Tostitos packs the crunch for a touchdown in taste. Let's take a timeout. We'll talk defense on the other side. It's Sooner Sports Talk, live from Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, brought to you by AT&T. Sooner Sports Talk is presented by Rudy's, bringing you the best in barbecue. Log on to Soonersports.com slash kids for information about joining the Sooner Junior Kids Club presented by OG&E. Brought to you in part by Orthodontics Exclusively, Anheuser-Busch. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. We want to thank all of our Sooner Radio Network affiliates across the state and region. Fans can check out Soonersports.com for an affiliate in your area. And if you're traveling outside the state of Oklahoma, you can listen to all the action on either Sirius XM Radio or download the TuneIn app and listen free. Sport Clips, it's good to be a guy. Sooner fans, be sure to check out Soonersports.com for your chance to win Red River Showdown football tickets from Love's Travel Stops, Riverwind, and Homeland. You talked uh, basically from the beginning of all this that you'd be learning things as you go, um, as you talk about like contact tracing and that sort of thing. Has that changed the way that you guys do anything in specific, or do you anticipate it changing anything I'm thinking like travel, being on the road. I mean, are there some things that you guys have fundamentally changed as you've learned some different things about how this might transpire? Oh, absolutely. I, I, gosh, I'd have a hard time Jenny, thinking of, of an area where we haven't changed. Um, I mean, practice is different in a lot of ways. I mean, the way that we spread guys out, the way that we kind of determine reps, um, the, the, the lifting groups are, are totally different the position meetings are totally different i mean our team meetings right now are in you know you know that huge area in the weight room where we've got all that turf I mean, that's where every team meeting is and we've got guys spread out from end to end i mean it's uh thank god we've got that huge video board so everybody can actually see what we're talking about i mean it's uh yeah the travel's different 
um, twice as many buses as we've ever had. So we spread guys out. Um, you know, we're having our, you know, team pregame meal and we're in a huge ballroom and everybody's, you know, just spread out, you know, hardly where you can even talk to each other. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, you know, we haven't got to the, the true travel part of it yet, but certainly there's been, you know, a lot of things being done already and that's, that's going to change. I mean, even our, you know, even like our players the night before games are great examples. You know, a lot of times we would give them a little bit of downtime and, you know, you'd have families stay over at the hotel and guys have a chance to, you know, pop over there for an hour or so before curfew and have, a, you know, sit in the lobby and see their family or whatever. They can't do that now. I mean, it's uh, so, no, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 different. It is. I, I do think we're getting used to it. It's It's starting to. I remember we had the very first team meeting in there and all those dudes were spread out. And I, I was like, man, I can't do this. I mean, I was like, it just felt so, you know, it just, there was not a, that same personal feeling. You're used to kind of everybody being packed in there in the team room and it just, but you just gotta, you gotta adapt. And, and uh, so we've all had to, and, and we all continue to, but yeah, it's, it's, it's affected. I mean, every single thing that we do is different. And, uh, you know, that's been, uh, that's been hard. You know, some of the best parts about football you miss, you know, the camaraderie, you know, popping in there and just sitting down, hanging out with the guys a little bit, or, you know, even like as a player, one of, anybody that's ever played football, I promise you, ask them what was one of your favorite things to do, whether after a game, after a practice, whatever, just sitting in the locker room, hanging out with the guys. And now they can't do that. We got to have somebody in there like hustling them out and make sure they got masks on. They got to wear a shield when they go shower. I mean, it's just, you know, a lot of those things have been, has been, have been, you know, taken away or altered right now. Wild 2020. Welcome back, everybody, to Sooner Sports Talk brought to you by AT&T. Hey, Sooner fans, when you download the Chick-fil-A app in order, you can start earning points toward delicious rewards. Uh, let's talk some defense, Teddy. We haven't got to that yet. Uh, tell me your impressions of the defensive line and especially uh, big number eight, Perry on Winfrey. Yeah, I thought they I thought they did really good. You know, I, I know that the offensive line was probably the weakest part of the football team for Missouri State, but you can't hold that against those guys. They went out, played really well. We saw tons of penetration in the backfield. We saw a couple of different blitzes, you know, with the linebackers involved. that got tons of pressure, sacks, production. Um, all in all, it was great. We saw different guys. Winfrey was great. He's got uh, an, uh, a burst to him, uh, the ability to just throw an arm over or a dip and penetrate into the backfield. A huge disruptor, but there's plenty of other guys that got involved as well. You know, one of the guys that I expected to see some big stuff from and kind of had a quiet night was Nick Benito. I don't think that's anything to get alarmed with. The problem with, you know, a porous offensive line is the guys closer to the football are going to beat you there, right? So, I mean, it was just one of those things. Uh, but I think Benito set up to have a, a nice season especially whenever you have guys on the interior that can uh, that can you know rush the passer and penetrate the way they do if the quarterback has nowhere to step up to that's whenever the guys on the outside get the sacks if you don't have a good interior rush the quarterback can step up in the pocket escape uh, you know the outside rush through the middle and that's not going to be the case this year I think it's all going to work together really nicely We're going to get some good production from that unit it's hard to make a bunch of plays when the other team only Snaps the ball 46 times right. all night. Gabe, Chris, who flashed for you defensively? One guy that really impressed me was Isaiah Thomas. I thought that, and Alex Grinch has talked about him a lot, this guy just does whatever you ask him to do. He had some great unselfish plays where he ended up making the play in the backfield. He was playing in the interior, lined up a little bit at the end. 
I mean, he can do it all. So he's a nice little utility piece. They, they keep talking about cross-training these defensive linemen. And he showed some really good things, uh, show some activity that in, inside that maybe I hadn't noticed from him before. I like the uh, style of Perrion Winfrey. I will say that. The uh, arm bands around the legs, I kind of thought they were socks for a little bit. I mean, he was he, he had style upon style. It's called swag, Chris. Swag, I mean, I don't have any of it, so I was very impressed by it. You know, I thought DeLaren Turnigal was really good on Saturday night. And again, there's another time where uh, Gabe, Ted, Toby, I, I may be swayed a little bit by a really good post-game interview that we had on the radio broadcast. He was great. He was great. And so I, I was really impressed by him. I thought, you know, in, in general, you know, in rewatching the game on, on, on Monday, and then I rewatched it again today because we hadn't had Sooner football for a while, so I had, I had to watch again. Is, it, Teddy, you're right. It was weird because Benito, so many times, you, you would see him and, and he's there, but the play, plays already by him because he's able to get through so quickly. So I, I think it's good that we're not going to panic on that. But if you're giving me one guy that really caught my eye, so to speak, Delaren Turner yelled, Toby, I thought was really fun. Great nickname in trouble. And I think he's going to be really good now. You're in this offense, he's healthy after getting hurt during the 14 playoff practices and a uh, good leader too. Good solid voice on this team. He got the pick. He got the first pick of yep. the year, the first turnover. The goal too is two a game. So 26 this season is the goal test. So they got to get three to stay on track uh, next week against Kansas State. Track. I just wanted to say one, one more thing real quickly, not to leave some guys out. You know, uh, as Gabe mentioned, the cross training with these guys with different position groups, John Michael Terry, yep. who started as an inside backer, uh, is really the rush backer, same position as Benito. He was a hand-down defensive end, you know, because of some of the numbers that they had. And you had Reggie Grimes, true freshman, that was able to get some uh, some playing time out there as well. And Brendan Walker, a uh, true freshman, he's in that backup spot with Benito. So a lot of these well, guys – Where did he go around. to high school? No one remembers, Gabe. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> knows. Bishop McGinnis High School <laughs> in Oklahoma City. Let's good, go, Walker. First good player they've had from there in a while. Hey, I'm excited for you tonight. You've got a terrible winning percentage in the Butkus Brain Teaser. Yeah. But you got a chance tonight. Oh, I No Lincoln Riley. Guys. You've got a, a trivia question for us. We're going to give it a crack when we come back. Commercial break time here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Butkus Brain Teaser coming up next. Ooh. OU's football games are available on Exodus 96.5 FM in Oklahoma City and 101.5 FM El Patron in Tulsa, as well as on those stations' websites. Each OU Spanish broadcast will feature a 30-minute pregame show and a 15-minute postgame show. Homeland, a fresh experience. Proud sponsor of Sooner Football. Dr. Tim Shannon and Dr. Mark Revels at Orthodontics Exclusively are proud to present the junior captain of the game and are pleased to honor these guests as they take the field with our captains. For info on how your child can become the next junior captain, go to orthoexc.com. The Sooner Sports Podcast is your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. Listen as Toby Rowland and Chris Plank talk all things Sooners. Log on to Soonersports.tv slash podcast. Presented by Allstate and Riverwind. Thinking your defensive line, uh, Winfrey got, you know, in, in the second quarter, looked like he's can be a difference maker. Uh, you were still minus a couple of guys because of COVID or whatever. Uh, how active did you feel out now that you had to look at those uh, film a couple of times? What did you think about that group? 
Yeah, I thought they did a good job. I, I, active is a great word to describe the way they played. Um, you know, I thought we got pretty constant penetration. We did a good job. We were we were gap sound. Uh, the majority did not. Had very few times that we didn't uh, leverage the ball correctly or, or or take over the appropriate gap. So that was a real positive, especially in game one. Um, you know, I thought you know a couple of guys. I thought Reggie Grimes did some really good things for for a young guy, and he got some pretty serious action. Um, you know, so I was proud of him. I know we've talked about Isaiah Thomas and, and thought he did some nice things as well. I mean, really all the guys flashed. I mean, they all, they all had some positive plays. They all certainly played, um, you know, had more positive plays than negative plays. And as you know, that, that's a group that's got to have depth. It's, it's a long season. That's a, that's a physical game up there. And, you know, as active as we are and as hard as we play uh, defensively, you, you got to have a, you know, you've got to have a crew there. And so it was uh a good start. Uh, be excited to to hopefully get a chance to add some of these guys back to that to the piece of the puzzle, and and then continue to see these guys grow. And Lincoln, your kicking game is undefeated, man. I mean, you guys, <laughs> you know, you they they don't miss. No, we got some good competition in that room right now. I mean, Stephen came in and did a tremendous job. Obviously, you know, ended up. I think Ryan Doherty told me they counted it up. It'd been like like one thousand and and like sixty two days since he's been in a football game uh, in an actual game. Uh, and then he goes out and he's Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Week. So that was uh, that was cool for him. Um, you know, he also had a, a real nice team award that, that he won. So he's been a, a great story for him. And then Zach came in and did a tremendous job uh, as well. So there's a lot of competition in that room. Like I said, I mean, you look at last year and, you know, everybody, you know, Callen won the job. Everybody kind of assumed that was going to happen. And, you know, that's uh, – that's kind of how that position goes. So I'm proud of the depth and competition we have in that room. It'll be fun to see that thing continue to play out. That was Lincoln Riley earlier today. Welcome back to Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue at Sooner Sports Talk, brought to you by AT&T. All right, it is time for our Butkus Brain Teaser tonight. Teddy's Butkus Brain Teaser brought to you by the Oklahoma Education Association, putting education first. Obviously, normally how this works is Ted ask coach Riley to remember a play from the past we all sit around with bated breath wondering if he'll remember it or not he hymns and haws and eventually remembers it but he's not with us tonight Ted so what do you got which I think he's just playing it up for the cameras and yep. for the audience uh, whenever he gets that right okay since we're doing a little bit of trivia here's what we're going to do Spencer Rattler is the third quarterback in his first start to throw for four touchdowns since 1999. Who are the other two quarterbacks to accomplish that feat? I know one of them <laughs> because I was snapping the ball. Mm. Blake Bell? That's one. Wow. Nicely done. That was the hard one. Right. How about, uh, uh, how about Hypel? Yeah. There you go. Is that the other That's one? That's the other one. Winner. This because the there's nothing to this Buckus I know, brain you guys teaser. are smart. I, you know, here's the thing. I didn't think about Gabe <laughs> having snapped the ball to one of his good friends in the game because, what, that was the third game of the year, and I guess Trevor Knight started the first two games that year, and yeah. then against Tulsa, Blake Bell got his first ever start at quarterback and threw for over 400 yards and four touchdowns. It's impressive. I would not have gotten Blake Bell. 
So uh, thankfully, we've got the only reason I got Blake Bell is because on Thursday sound off show, we're debating the greatest debut for a Sooner quarterback. And uh, we have an excellent judge this week. It's Toby. So uh, just one of the best judges we have. But (laughs) Gabe, as as we were bringing up, it's kind of amazing to think about it. Ted hit it on the head. It wasn't the opening game for Blake. It was actually a couple of games into the season before he got rolling, wasn't it? Yeah, because I mean, he didn't win the starting job out of camp. So that's where it was interesting, and it was a lot of fun. <laughs> we had, I, I, I did not hide the fact that he was my best friend on the right, team. Exactly. But, you know, you block for whoever's behind you when you're an offensive lineman. But, yeah, that was, a, that was an exciting day. Well, and, and it adds to it, guys, just when you start going through that list. And, Teddy, it's fascinating because Sam Bradford had an excellent debut. Didn't throw four right. touchdown passes. Well, by the way, four touchdown passes, ooh, lot in a game. But Kyler only played a half against Florida yeah. Atlantic. Uh, Baker had the debut that he had against Akron. So it was a high bar of Jaylen stars. Jalen Hurts had six touchdowns, yeah, six, but yeah, only three touchdowns. were passes, I think. So. Yep. Dr. Tim Shannon, Dr. Mark Revels at Orthodontics Exclusively, proud to present the junior captain of the game with your OU team captains at each home game. For info on how your child can become the next junior captain, Go to orthoexc.com. Take a timeout. Final segment of Sooner Sports Talk here at Rudy's right after this. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Medicine, Anheuser-Busch, and OU Extended Campus, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola, and OU Medicine. All right, welcome back for the final time. It's Sooner Sports Talk here at Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Hey, how would you like to be able to listen to Teddy and Gabe and Chris and the Sooner Radio broadcast while synced up to your TV in the comfort of your own home? Well, you can. Go to SyncMyGame.com to find out how. Final segment, guys. We've got about four minutes here. I want to talk a little Big 12 with you. And, uh, Gabe, we'll start with you. Not a great week one, but Sam Ellinger played really well. Your thoughts on Texas? And then I think we got a couple of intriguing games coming up this week. Yeah, Texas looked pretty good. Now played a poor football team in UTEP. One thing that stood out to me about Sam Ellinger, he looked like he was playing more quarterback. And I know that sounds weird, but he looked a lot more comfortable in the pocket, like he wanted to push the ball down the field. He got the ball out of his hand quicker, uh, did some really good things on some timing routes. And I think that has a lot to do with Mike Yersich. From the teams we've seen, because we haven't seen Oklahoma State yet, Texas is the only team in my mind that can be any sort of realistic challenger for Oklahoma this season in the Big 12. From what I saw from a couple of those other teams last weekend, they don't have a chance. So I I was impressed with Texas. I thought they flew around on defense too. New system under Chris Ash. You know, they're going to be solid. Yeah, they're going to be good. And B.J., they, they patch things up, Toby, with B.J. Foster, who's going to be disciplined. That He's was going weird. To be back. That was very odd. And, you know, Teddy, it's kind of interesting because, as, as Gabe mentioned, OSU, TCU didn't play this weekend. Baylor didn't play this weekend. Let's face it, with TCU, Max Duggan, has, or Max Duggan hasn't been cleared yet. So he's not going to be their starting quarterback. Uh, Baylor's got a new coach, an all-new system, so who knows how it's going to look for them. And, you know, Oklahoma State should roll this weekend. But still, there's two more teams that could find themselves in a tough spot this weekend, at the very least, in TCU and, and um, 
Oh, gosh. Who did I just mention beyond? Baylor. Baylor. Thank you. Baylor and Dave Aranda. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, if TCU had played SMU on Friday night, oh. who knows what would have happened there. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be fascinating to kind of sit back and watch this week. Uh, Oklahoma State. Now, here's the thing. Tons of expectations thrown out there for the young quarterback uh, with Tyler Wallace coming back. Mike Gundy says this could be the best defense he's ever had there at Oklahoma State. So it's going to be fascinating to watch. I'm really looking forward to that Baylor-Houston game. I don't think OSU is going to have any problem with uh, Tulsa. Dave Aranda, new head coach. Larry Fedor, new offensive coordinator. They didn't have a spring. They have the weirdest prep either for an entirely new coaching staff Gabe, they got a lot of experienced guys back on offense. Nobody on defense. Nobody. What a guess it is on that game. Who you got, Baylor or Houston? I'm going to take Baylor just because I'm a Dave Aranda believer. Uh, one interesting thing, they were pretty vanilla last year defensively, and they were so good up front, led by James Lynch, Bravion Roy. But I think Dave Aranda is going to do some really creative and exotic things defensively in Waco this year. He doesn't have the talent that he had at LSU where he could just sit back and say, all right, man coverage, you guys go rush the passer. Here we go. It's a little boring. I think we're going to see bullets flying from everywhere from Baylor in this football game. Kind of like going back to his Wisconsin days, right? Exactly. Half the teams in the NFL don't have the talent he had at LSU <laughs> right. last year. Right. So, Hey, guys, thanks for sitting in with us tonight. I appreciated that. It was awesome. It was a fun time. All right. For Gabe Eichert and Chris Plank and Teddy Lehman, we thank you for joining us. No radio broadcast this week. We'll be back, of course, next week when the Sooners host Kansas State. Lincoln Riley joins us again next week right here on Sooner Sports Talk, brought to you by AT&T. Boomer Sooner, everybody. All right, fun show. Had a blast. Let's wrap it up with the Lincoln Riley Zoom. Met with the media for about 15 minutes. Got us caught up on the wild nature of the protocols they're dealing with. Contact tracing and some thoughts from week one. We wrap up the pod. Have a great week, everyone. Here's Lincoln Riley's Zoom presser. Yeah, I mean, I would imagine it's very difficult. Um, hadn't had a chance to talk to all of our guys um, since the game. But, yeah, no, it's. I think it's, I think it's really difficult, you know, whether you're, you know, missing it because of an injury or because you – you know, because you have the virus, and and yeah, I mean, I think the contact guys certainly feel that 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 pain too. So everybody's worked hard to get to that point to not be able to play in a game is is a devastating thing, especially. I mean, always is, but especially in a season like this where you've got a limited number of games. Um, yeah, process wise, I mean, everybody's different. Uh, there's you know the first part of it is is without a doubt the the medical clearance side, and and we've been you know very proactive and and. Um, aggressive medically as far as you know making sure everything is you know 1000 percent clear before we have them do anything from a physical standpoint um luckily for us the majority of our guys have been able to come back and uh you know bounce back pretty quickly we haven't had many issues uh at all uh after the fact whether it was a, a person with covid or a um or somebody as a, in the uh as, as got knocked as a contact trace uh so uh, we've been very fortunate and, and thankful for that. Thanks, Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Ryan Aber and then Joe Bettner. Yeah, Lincoln, as you go into the second game preparation, how much different is game prep as it relates to opponents this year versus in the past because of the number of players who can rotate in and out, the, the depth that you've got to account for, things like that? Yeah, you know, it's 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 probably personnel-wise going to be more of a guessing game all year. I mean, on one hand, there's maybe more players available, although 
I, I don't know. I, I, I think in the past, especially last year with this four-game, last, oh, last two years with this four-game redshirt rule, I I mean, if if somebody's got a guy that can help them win a game, they're probably going to play them. Um, so I, I think the bigger challenge is you're studying people from a personnel standpoint is, you know, who's going to be out on the field, you know, and then when that Saturday comes around. And, and that's going to be the same challenge as people study you too. You just – there's no telling. I mean, you may – see this person you may not see this person you may be see a player at a different position I mean there's just there's gonna be a lot of guessing games from a uh, a personnel standpoint so you know that's uh you know it, it forces both teams to to get ready for a lot appreciate it Lincoln mm-hmm. oh Bettner and then Jason Kersey uh, Lincoln with two less non-conference games I'm curious how much you weighed just the playing your starters maybe later in the game than you usually would to get them more reps versus, you know, getting those backups on the field to potentially add depth. I'm just wondering about that thought process there. Yeah, it didn't have much of an impact in my mind, especially because we had a bye week after that. And, you know, we can we can get a lot of competitive work during that bye week, which, you know, for either our offense or our defense or our special teams going against each other is – is you know about as good a competition as, as we're going to have, and uh, so you know had we had the game the very next week might have you know might have been a factor, might have been inclined to keep those guys in a little bit longer. Um, but the fact that we got a bye week and get can get a ton of competitive work this week, I didn't honestly. I was just going to see how the game played out, and as soon as we separated, we wanted to we wanted to try to play players because on the flip side of that is you've only got one game and then you need to have a whole team ready for conference play. So it was great to play so many guys in a year where we're going to need a lot of guys. Thank you. You're welcome. Jason Kersey and John Hoover. Uh, Good afternoon, Lincoln. Um, I'm wondering if you could help us understand a little more about the rapid tests the Big 12 announced on Friday. Um, Does the fact that those were available, did that help save the game last week? And, uh, are you hopeful that maybe those can be expanded to a point when maybe that could help have less guys miss because of contact tracing? I guess I'm just trying to understand the rapid test and where they fit in there. I'm sorry if that's no, no. I think uh, uh, no, I think it makes sense. Um, yeah, it was helpful. I mean, just to just to be able to get the results. Uh, you know, we tested the whole team. After testing the whole team, it probably took in the neighborhood in the, of about two hours to have all the results. Uh, we're typically, uh, I would say on average, if we test the team, you know, at some point in the morning, we've been normally getting those results, you know, late at night, um, you know, sometimes very, very early in the morning, you know, somewhere in the, you know, 10 o'clock to 2 a.m. range, uh, somewhere in there. So, yeah, having the results there a lot quicker was was helpful. And, and yeah, where we were at, um, you know, on our team, uh, getting those results quickly and being able to make a call, honestly, before Missouri State even left uh, the parking lot was was helpful because the one thing we didn't want to do, if at all possible, was, you know, they're on their way here to Norman and then we've got to, you know, we've got to, you know, postpone the game. That was the one thing we, we didn't want to happen. So, you know, we had great communication with them. Again, they were great. And literally they were sitting in the parking lot waiting for us to give them the green light. And so thankfully we were able to give them that. John Hoover and then Gary Emig. Hey, Lincoln. Um, quick clarification. You guys, the participation chart says that you played seven offensive linemen. Was that the position that kind of put, as you said, the game 
hung in, in the balance? Was that the one position that made it a little bit doubtful? Uh, it was one of them. You know, it was one of them. We had some we had concerns at, at several positions just with the, the number of guys uh, that were out. And, and then we still had, you know, at that point, we still had one more test upcoming. Uh, so not, you know, the unpredictability of that. You know, you're just trying to look at it from all sides. Uh, but that we had several positions of concern, but that was certainly one of them, yes. Okay, so uh, the throws that, that uh, Spencer made, the one to Jeremiah early on in the first drive and then the, uh, the one to Theo Weiss on the sideline, uh, those are not normal throws. I'm guessing a lot of quarterbacks that you've had in the past can probably try to make those throws, but is that unique arm talent? Is that unique to Spencer? Uh, you know, he does have a very talented arm, you know, no question. Um, and certainly don't want to take anything away from those throws. I thought the, you know, the one to Jeremiah, was a, there was a lot of, you know, feel on it, you know, and, and a lot of trust because Jeremiah had to really come back to that ball and Spencer did a good job putting it where only our guy could get it. So it was a, you know, really great placement and, and a lot of trust and a heck of a play by Jeremiah to come get it. Um, but I would say, I mean, we're, we're, we're lucky right now to have a roster of quarterbacks that got some pretty big arm talent. I mean, you look at some of the throws that, that Tanner made, you look at some of the throws, even Chandler's first throw, um, you know, those are were, those were, those were big boy throws. So Spencer's certainly a very talented thrower, no question, and not take anything away from him. But I, I, those are throws that I would expect every guy in our room to make. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Darren Emig and Bob Frisbillo. Lincoln, I get a sense from the first – couple of weeks of what what's cutting into numbers both for you and other coaches is the tracing the contact tracing element it's not just a positive test but it's the ramifications of the tracing are we getting a sense of just how daunting that that challenge is for, for how you're managing things and other and other coaches elsewhere are managing things yeah I mean the difficult thing with the with the tracing is is you know and we've had this with a few of our guys a guy can hit on a contact trace obviously he and and not have the virus and I will say the majority high majority of our contact trace guys have not had the virus or or gotten the virus and then could come back and hit on another contact trace and then also that's 28 days right I mean gone and that has been difficult because not only do you do that but then those guys obviously haven't got the virus haven't built up any type of immunity so they're still susceptible to hitting either on a contact trace or the virus. And so, uh, that, yeah, those have been tougher. I mean, obviously it's longer days. And, and, and so, uh, you know, we've, we've done a pretty decent job on the contact trace. The majority of guys that, honestly, that we have are, are roommates. Um, you know, when you have community living, we, we have really – we have seriously reduced our number of, I guess what you would call um, – contact traces that we could have avoided, you know, doing something dumb, going to a restaurant with somebody, getting a car with somebody. We've, we've, we've really made some big improvements there. Um, but the one thing that's really tough to, to get around, you know, unless you just sit there at home and wear a mask all day, which is difficult for everybody to do is, is, is the roommate situation. And so, uh, of our contacts, the majority have been guys that are roommates of somebody that did test positive. Yeah, real, real quick follow-up. Is that tough for the kid? I mean, who's not, who might not only is doing everything right, but is also not testing positive, but he, but he still has to sit. Oh, it's, I mean? it's, it's excruciating for the kid. Yeah. But 
but I will say, I mean, we've had examples of, there's a lot of examples of our guys, you know, wearing masks at, at home in their apartments around, you know, when they're not just in the room and, and that's been a, shown to be very, very effective. And so it still comes down to, you got to wear a mask when you're around, when you're around anybody. I mean, it just, it comes down to that and, you know, it's hard, you know, it's, it's part of it. Uh, if you want to play, you want to be around it. It's just, it's, it's just what you got to do. Okay. Thanks. You're welcome. Bob Prisbello and then James Hale. Yeah, Lincoln, just wondering the status of uh, Chris Murray. Did you guys try to appeal? Was it turned down? Is it still in a process? Like a lot of things we have with the NCAA right now, it's still in process. <laughs> James Hale and then Keegan Renault. Lincoln, how you doing, man? Thanks hey, James. For joining us. And, um, Lincoln, your defensive line... Uh, Winfrey got, you know, in, in the second quarter, it looked like he's can be a difference maker. Uh, you were still minus a couple of guys because of COVID or whatever. Um, how active did you feel out now that you had to look at those film a couple of times? What did you think about that group? Yeah, I thought they did a good job. I, I, active is a great word to describe the way they played. Um, you know, I thought we got pretty constant penetration. We did a good job. We were, we were gap sound. Uh, the majority did not at very few times that we didn't. Uh, leverage the ball correctly or, or, or take over the appropriate gap. So that was a real positive, especially in game one. Um, you know, I thought, you know, a couple of guys, I thought Reggie Grimes did some really good things for, for a young guy, and he got some pretty serious action. Um, you know, so I was proud of him. I know we've talked about Isaiah Thomas and, and thought he did some nice things as well. I mean, really all the guys flashed. I mean, they all they all had some positive plays. They all certainly played um you know, have more positive plays than negative plays. And as you know, that that's a group that's got to have depth. It's it's a long season. That's a that's a physical game up there. And, you know, as active as we are and as hard as we play uh, defensively, you, you got to have a, you know, you've got to have a crew there. And so it was uh, a good start. Uh, be excited to, to hopefully get a chance to add some of these guys back to that, to the piece of the puzzle and, and then continue to see these guys grow. And Lincoln, your kicking game is undefeated, man. I mean, you guys, <laughs> you know, you, they, they don't miss. No, we got some good competition in that room right now. I mean, Steven came in and did a tremendous job. Obviously, you know, ended up – I think Ryan Doherty told me they counted it up. It had been like like 1,000 and, and like 62 days since he's been in a football game, uh, in an actual game. Uh, and then he goes out and he's Big 12 Special Teams Player of the Week. So that was uh, that was cool for him. Um, you know, he also had a, a real nice team award that, that he won. So he's been – a a great story for him. And then Zach came in and did a tremendous job uh, as well. So there's a lot of competition in that room. Like I said, I mean, you look at last year and, you know, everybody, you know, Callum won the job. Everybody kind of assumed that was going to happen. And, you know, that's uh, that's kind of how that position goes. So I'm proud of the depth and competition we have in that room. It'll be fun to see that thing continue to play out. Thanks, Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Keegan Renault and then Brandon Drum. Lincoln, you just mentioned you're hoping to get a bunch of those guys back. Of all the guys that were missing Saturday, are you expecting to get them back this week? Do you expect them to get back next week? How how's that going to come along? Oh, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, it's it, the way this thing works. It's not like you're going to get all the guys back on one day. You know, just it just whether it's an injury, whether it's COVID related. I mean, it's that's just it's uh it's. You just kind of wake up one day, and most days you're going to have a few guys back and a few guys gone, and and then you wake up and do it again the next day. So I mean that's uh, you know obviously we're we're 
you know, expecting and, and, and holding ourselves accountable and, and, and fully expecting to continue to get better and better and do a better job in this COVID. You know, we, we cannot have games like that. We've got that many people out. So, you know, like I said the other day, we've got to do a much better job. And, yeah, hoping to have some guys back. But, you know, we understand it's going to be the ups and downs of this season and we've got to be able to handle it regardless. How important is this week then for you, the guys that played Saturday night, especially to see that backups on the depth chart, um, just to get in more work um, with the ones this week, considering some of those guys still may be out? Yeah, no, it's huge. It's a, it's an important week for us. Um, there's going to be, you know, the guys that did play in the game, it'll be important to, for, you know, for them to take that next step and improve because there's so much on tape that we have to get better out and are going to need to going into conference play. And then, and then the guys that were fortunate enough to get back, uh, you know, we got to get those guys back up to speed and ready to go as well. So it's, it's going to be important for every single person on our roster. Brandon Drum. Hey, Lincoln. Um, you were talking about the contact tracing, and I think Jason Kersey asked if that had any effect with the, the – the rapid test had any effect with contact tracing. And how can that go further? I don't know if you expanded on that or not. Um, but does that help with the contact tracing? I guess if there's like back-to-back, you know, negatives or anything like that. Uh, and then secondly, Spencer Rattler, after watching the film, what is your overall take of his play during that game? I know everybody else thinks he played great, but you're you're harder on him than anybody else. What, what's your overall take on him? Um, no, the rapid test, uh, as far as contact tracing, really has no effect. It's simply you just get the test results quicker. Um, but you know, right now, uh, you know, with the state CDC regulations, all that, if somebody you know is is nailed as a contact trace, whether it's the the you know the nose test, whether it's the the uh, uh, the rapid test, any of those, it's it's 14 days, um, and that's that's final. So that that hasn't changed. Don't know if it will, uh, but certainly hasn't for us. And I don't, barring something unforeseen, I don't expect, expect that to change within the league at all. So I mean, I think you could potentially see a situation where, say, a state says, "All right, if you, it's only 10 days, if you have two positive, two negative tests, uh, you know, in the last few days." But I still don't think guys would be eligible for competition because I know the league wants to keep it you know, fair across the board, which makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, so, uh, Spencer, yeah, like a lot of our guys, I mean, there was there was more good than bad. Um, there was a lot of little things, you know, probably a lot of things that the, you know, the casual fan's eye is not going to see that, that he's got to do better. You know, he, um, you know, the, the, the positives, you know, threw the ball well, like I said, took care of the ball. Um, I thought decision-making overall was pretty good, but there was – Several several fundamental things, uh, just several little things as far as you know, some footwork on some plays, uh, just um, getting us in and out of the the correct play a couple times. Just just had a few miscues that that he's got to get better at. So um, and as you go further and further and continue to play different schemes and and different types of competition, you know those things will show up more and more. So gotta gotta have a great week. Coach, um, it's twelve fifty one. We do have a few more in the queue, but understand if you have to go. Yeah, we can get them done. That's fine. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's go to Kerry Murdoch and then Jenny Carlson. Oh, you didn't tell me it was Kerry. I guess it's over. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't know how it's over. Uh, you know, Jeremiah was talking to us, uh, and we were talking to Creed just about they can't live the same lives that college students can that we see living all over the country. And Jeremiah mentioned like even coaches, like your kids have to wear masks. Like uh, it, it, 
is that I don't know, is that one of the hard things as a coach to know? Like you know, you have to ask that of them, but you know, you it, it, or is it frustrating when you see other students that you know don't take any precautions and and you know they have to live amongst those you know those kind of circumstances? Yeah, I mean, I guess on one hand it is, and it's not easy to ask your kids to do that, but I you know that's we all live a little bit different life and, and we've all made up our mind to, to be a part of this thing. And it takes, you know, being a, whether you're a player a staff member, uh, a coach's wife, a coach's child, um, we all have to sacrifice in this. I mean, it's, there's a lot of things that we have to sacrifice that, that, you know, a lot of other jobs don't require. And this, this happens to be one of those things. And so that's uh, part of the deal. I'd say our, you know, all the coaches kids have been great about it. They're, they just love to be able to help, and uh, that's why they're coaches' kids. And uh, so they've been, they've been awesome with it, uh, you know. And I think those numbers have, have, have uh, you know, a lot of that has been a reason our staff has, has, has been able to be largely up to this point. Knock on wood, uh, we know anything can happen, but up to this point, largely unaffected. And uh, so very appreciative of all the staff and their families and the job they've done and, and then I think it's a message to the players that look we're all in this together we're all having to do the same things we're all having to make the same sacrifices and uh, we need each and every person regardless of what their role is in this program to to, to step up and be truly all in with it thanks Lincoln okay Jenny Carlson and then Kaylin McCourty hey Lincoln you talked uh basically from the beginning of all this, that you'd be learning things as you go, um, as you talk about like contact tracing and that sort of thing. Has that changed the way that you guys do anything in specific or do you anticipate it changing anything? I'm thinking like travel, being on the road. I mean, are there some things that you guys have fundamentally changed as you've learned some different things about how this might transpire? Oh, absolutely. I, I, Gosh, I'd have a hard time Jenny, thinking of, of an area where we haven't changed. Um, I mean, practice is different in a lot of ways. I mean, the way that we spread guys out, the way that we kind of determine reps, um, the, the, the lifting groups are, are totally different. The position meetings are totally different. I mean, our team meetings right now are in, you know, you know that huge area in the weight room where we've got all that turf. I mean, that's where every team meeting is, and we've got guys spread out from end to end. I mean, it's uh, – Thank God we've got that huge video board so everybody can actually see what we're talking about. I mean, it's uh, yeah, the travel's different. Um, twice as many buses as we've ever had, so we spread guys out. Um, you know, we're having our you know team pregame meal and we're in a huge ballroom and everybody's you know just spread out. You know, hardly where you can even talk to each other. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's you know we haven't got to the the true travel part of it yet but certainly there's been you know a lot of things being done already and that's that's going to change i mean even our you know, even like our players the night before games a great example is you know a lot of times we would give them a little bit of downtime and you know you'd have families stay over at the hotel and guys have a chance to you know pop over there for an hour or so before curfew and have a, you know sit in the lobby and see their family or whatever they can't do that now i mean it's uh so no it's uh yeah, it's 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 different. It is. I I do think we're getting used to it. It's it's starting to. I remember we had the very first team meeting in there, and all those dudes were spread out, and I I was like, man, I can't do this. I mean, I was like, it just felt so, you know. It just there was not a that same personal feeling. You're used to kind of everybody being packed in there in the team room, and it just. But you just gotta you gotta adapt, and and uh, so we've all had to, and and we all continue to, but. 
yeah, it's 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 affected. I mean, every single thing that we do is different, and uh, you know that's been uh, that's been hard. You know, some of the best parts about football you miss. You know, the camaraderie. You know, popping in there and just sitting down, hanging out with the guys a little bit, or you know, even like as a player. One of the, anybody that's ever played football, I promise you, ask them what was one of your favorite things to do, whether after a game, after a practice, whatever. Just sitting in the locker room, hanging out with the guys. And now they can't do that. We got to have somebody in there like hustling them out and make sure they got mask on. They got to wear a shield when they go shower. I mean, it's just you know, a lot of those things have been has been have been you know taken away or altered right now. And you've even changed some of those um, those methodologies. Yeah, yeah, no question. I think we've, you know, we were ultra, ultra conservative early as we learned about it. And then you started to learn, you know, about some ways where, you know, you felt like, all right, maybe that was over the top. Maybe we can give some in this area. And then, and then I think as we've learned more and more about it, we certainly have. We've, uh, you know, we've, we've, we were ultra conservative, but we've even found areas in the last several weeks where we can do better. And, uh, and then the other challenge, I think, for us, too, is just been using our staff and personnel. We've been a little bit limited there as far as who we let in the building. And, you know, you've got to have eyes on these guys kind of at all times. And, like, like simply just having somebody in the locker room to monitor that, that's something you would have never, ever done before. I mean, the locker room's kind of a sacred place for players. And uh, so it's just, yeah, it's just kind of – it's certainly been an all-hands-on-deck uh, mentality. And, and I, I would say we – find some things, not always huge things, but I, there's things weekly we continue to find right now. Thanks. You're welcome. Caleb McCorry. Again, uh, going back to what Kerry asked earlier, uh, uh, Creed and Theo said that they, they didn't really, they don't really notice the crowd during games. They didn't really notice what the fans are doing with COVID-19 precautions and whatnot. But I was curious, do you notice those things? Do you notice the crowd during the games? Mm-hmm. And, and what did you see Saturday night? What were your thoughts? No, I don't. I, I I normally take a quick peek at it when I come out at some point. Um, you know, and it was awesome to see, you know, all twenty plus thousand that were in there and then that's about the last time I look. So yeah, no, you just you kinda get so into it, you know, we're so used to playing in front of people that it you know, I'm not saying that one of our freshmen or one of those guys don't peek their eyes up there at some point, but no, nah, you, you, I, I really didn't. Um, didn't notice a whole lot. I was thankful the people that were there. I thought we had a really good atmosphere considering the, the circumstances. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.